Welcome to Trip Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune, and it's finally Foodie Friday. We're talking Yay. food, we're talking St. Patrick's Day, local trends, and some recent restaurant reviews. And joining me on the Google Hangout today is Tribune food writer Kathy Stevenson. Welcome back, Kathy. Hi, thank you. And joining us incognito, Salt Lake Tribune restaurant critics Heather King. Hello, Heather. Hello, thanks for having me. And Stuart Melling is back as well. Stuart, hi. Hey, Jennifer, how's it going? Going well. And you can join us too. Uh, where have you been eating lately? What are you serving for St. Patrick's Day? Any food trends that you've picked up on? You can share your thoughts and your comments to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in our comment section here on sltrib.com or you can tweet us excuse me, text us, it's a, one of those T words, text your thoughts, 801-609-8059 is the number, 801-609-8059. Uh, okay, it's 314, that means pie day. Let's start <laughs> off our conversation with some pie. Um, we can talk savory pies, we can talk pizza pies, or of course my personal favorite, the dessert pie. Um, uh, Kathy, do you have some favorites out there you want to point out? Uh, yes. Uh, I like pretty much any pie at uh, Left Fork Grill. Um, my second favorite might be the pantry at the Lion House because they have great pie, probably the apple. And then Penny Ann's Cafe, uh, coconut cream there. So um, all my favorites. Mm. I'm hungry already. I okay, know. Heather, you've got some pie favorites. I do, I do. For dessert pies, um, I am a huge, huge fan of Penny Ann's. Love their key lime pie, fantastic. I like Kathy. I also love their coconut cream pie as well. Um, one of my favorite activities that goes on on Pie Day is that the pie pizzeria, um, which we all know and love, hopefully. Um, every day on Pie Day, they do a buy one get one free, um, and because it's Friday today, they're only doing it until 3:14 p.m. today. Oh, <laughs> oh you've you got a couple hours. <laughs> so you still have a couple hours late lunch. Get buy a pie, get a free pie. Nice, nice. Stuart, you're not into pie, right? Not. I'm not a huge uh, dessert guy, but just to echo what um, both Kathy and Heather said, I, if I am having pie, I find it hard to beat Penny Ann's key lime pie. In fact, when I reviewed those guys for the trip a couple of years ago, I think I made their key lime pie my dish of the week. Oh, there That's you really, go. really awesome pie. It is very good. Um, my mouth is watering. Uh, let's turn to the next holiday in our week ahead, St. Patrick's Day. Everyone getting their Irish on, and uh, that includes a lot of food options. Um, Kathy, you wrote a piece about the upcoming annual, is it Shimza? Shimza, yes. Shimza, okay. It's sort of this after party for the St. Patrick's yeah. Day parade, right? Yeah, after you uh, watch the parade at the Gateway tomorrow, it starts at 10, you can wind your way over to the Gateway um, Grand Hall, and that's where the Shimza takes place. There's music, food, of course, corned beef and cabbage is there. Um, they are having hot dogs for the kids, though, they said. But um, I think that's probably the best place to have your corned beef and cabbage. Okay. But if you don't want a crowd, um, Faustina is having a beer brunch. Or is it, is it Faustina? Yeah, yeah, Faustina. Yes, Faustina. Faustina's having the beer brunch, uh, which I thought sounded really great. It, it's paired with uh, four courses, uh, paired with epic beers, because on St. Patrick's Day you cannot have wine. You must have beer. Um, that is the requirement. Or whiskey. Um, or, okay, Irish whiskey. That, that's a little too hard for me. <laughs> um, and then up in Ogden, um, something called um, 
Hearth on 25th. They're having a kind of a speakeasy. It's called the Irish Sheban. That was the first time I'd ever heard of that, which is kind of a secret um, uh, unlawful bar, I guess. So they're having kind of a party tomorrow night. Um, it's got food, Irish food, cocktails. Um, so I, I think there's plenty to do for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And in your piece, you've got you've got events from Ogden to Provo. So Ogden if you can't make Provo, it down yeah. to Salt Lake City, yes. the big event. I mean, there are scattered places all over. all over. And we've been we've had a lot of recipes in the, in the paper lately, sort of catering to the green. But yes. if you're not inclined to cook, um, you wrote about a few places that have some green food that you think. <laughs> Is exceptional. Exceptional. I, I picked green food that uh, that I like to eat. So, green smoothies. You can never go wrong with a green smoothie, right? You get your vegetables in one drink. Um, pulp. Uh, I featured the pulp uh, uh, drink, and that's the one in the the gym at the gateway at the City Creek. You don't have to go to the gym uh, to attend. You can just go in and buy your drink and leave. You don't have to do that. So, pulp. Um, being the Greek girl that I am, I picked domabis. Um, <laughs> a lot of times you can't find those. They're they're kind of the canned and the slimy, and those are not real domabis. Do not ever eat those. So these, <laughs> this is the, the, the rice and, and meat that's rice mixture and in, meat a, in a grape leaf, right? Wrapped in a grape leaf. So and um, you know there's several restaurants that have those, but if you just need a quick fix, uh, Greek souvlaki makes a great version, which I love, uh, and not very expensive. A little small four pieces, two ninety nine. So it's a great deal. Um, so that is one of my green foods. I, I've been hooked on uh, the the pastries at this filling and emulsions, a new uh, bakery over uh, between Maine and State on Kensington, which is about. Yes, 17th South, right before Salt Lake Community College South Campus, hmm. um, and they have beautiful um, green uh, ma macaroons, those fancy little cookies. And I know there's lots of bakeries that have those, but I picked those because those have become my my secret indulgence. So um, I uh, uh, I love those. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other green foods. Um, well, you had. Um I, I'm, uh, you had pickles. You had pickles on your list. The Yeehaw Pickle Company. Um, they are up in Park City. They've been at the farmer's market for a couple years, and they are just local pickles made with great ingredients. Um, I love the garlic ones, but you have to share those with everybody in the family if you plan to eat those. Um, but they have, a, <laughs> they have a deal, regular deal, too. But, um, you know, so pickles and one of the other... Um, Items is a jalapeno jelly. I, I make my own jalapeno jelly in the summer when my jalapeno plants go crazy. But um, Pepper Lane products is the one I picked because it's a great version. You can make an appetizer with it. You can use it as a glaze on meats. Um, and it's super dark green, so it'll, it'll fulfill your green food uh, frenzy on St. Patrick's Day. Okay, we're all ready for St. Pat's. Um, we're, we're speaking with uh, Sully Tribune food writer Kathy Stevenson, also with us our critics Heather King and Stuart Melling, incognito, um, and we're talking about food, local food, trends that you see around, holiday food. If you want to join our conversation, feel free to jump right in. Send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can also put them in the comments section right here at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and that number is 801-609-8059. Um, I, I want to bring in a few thoughts that are coming in. This is a tweet from someone, Utah criminal defense lawyer. What are the best <laughs> taco carts in the state? 
This can include all food carts and other mobile, semi-mobile food options if you like. So, um, Heather, why don't you start us off? Best taco cart. Um, you know, I don't know the names of any of them. I'm not even sure if some of them have names. I guess they probably do to be registered. But um, one of my favorite ones is on the west side of the Sears parking lot. Um, so that's across from like a bank and some other place. Um, I really I like that one a lot. There was a time a year or two ago that we did a whole um, eat around of every taco cart in the Sears parking lot. And then there's one that's just to the south of that block, um, again, on the west side of the Sears. And that was another one of my favorites, too. But again, sorry, I don't have any names of those no, taco carts. Like 8 South, right? <laughs> We're talking 8 South and Main Street for yes. the west side of, of the Sears yes. parking lot. And then one block west. So um, what about other sort of mobile food? We see a lot of food trucks out there. Okay. They meet the Gallivan once a week. Um, any favorites out there, Kathy? Well, I think, you know, the universal favorite in Salt Lake City is Chow Truck. Uh, she is everywhere, uh, always on Thursday, but, you know, she travels around uh, different places. Sue Ann, Sue Ann Chow, and so she's the one that runs Chow Truck. And uh, I think she's the universal favorite, but there are other worthy food trucks as well. Um, the one that comes to mind initially is Submarinos because they were recently filmed um, on uh, Food Court Wars up in Logan. So I'm kind of wondering, they, they were filmed, but I don't know if, if they won the contest. We'll have to wait till April, I think, when that airs. But they could possibly be a food truck that turns into um, a restaurant at a food court. So uh, that's one that I think we should pay attention to. Um, waffles are big for the food trucks. Um, so uh, Off the Grid has become a pretty famous Saturday stop. I think they are still up at the Olympus Hills Shopping Center on Saturdays. Um, so you should stop there for your breakfast. And then I did hear of a new food truck. Um, all those Canadians out there, Poutine, uh, which uh, it's... It's like French fries with gravy on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> French fries, gravy, and cheese. Um, but what's Stuart? Remind me of the name now. I, I think totally it's. I think those guys are called the Gravy Train. The Gravy Train. Uh, so they have poutine. So if you are into carbs and gravy and cheese, I think that might be the next place to try. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, here's a tweet from Justin Nicolason. Is there any word when Plum Alley will find a new space and reopen, or is it gone? I miss their ramen <laughs> and their buns. Um, what's the scuttlebutt on Plum Alley? Any any news out there? I think that Ryan, uh, you, you know the backstory. Ryan closed Plum Alley, Ryan Lauder, the owner. Um, because initially he wanted a, a bar there, uh, but it, but when he realized it was going to take too long to get the liquor license, that, that wait for the club license is at least a year, um, he kind of switched gears really fast and did Plum Alley, a very happy accident for Salt Lake City because that's become a beloved restaurant. But when he finally got the liquor license, he felt like he wanted to go back to his original plan. So he closed Plum Alley, and he recently opened, just I think last week, uh, Copper Common. Uh, so it's a bar and a restaurant. And where is that, Kathy? Same place as Plum Alley. So the corner of 3rd um, South uh, between State and 1st East. So um, right by the Broadway theaters. Right, Broadway oh. theaters, Copper Onions there, and it's right around the corner from Copper Onion. And it's called the Copper... Copper Common. Common. 
Come with on. the new bar. Um, Stuart and, and Heather may have dropped by. I I have not. Um, but Plum Alley, I, th I think he really wants to um, keep it in the neighborhood. So I would kind of watch for it somewhere um, in the neighborhood. I, so I think he's waiting. But it, no... Um, no uh, address yet. He hasn't shared that with If he knows, he hasn't shared it. But I think you can go to Copper Common and get the pork buns. And he might oh. have a few other... I don't think he has the ramen, but I think you can get a few of the Plum Alley specialties on the Copper Common menu. He okay. said that he was going to do that. Excellent. Check that out. Um, let's turn to a few reviews that you've done lately. Um, Stuart, B Bistro 222 or 222 which is it? I don't know. Whichever way you like. Okay. All I know is that all the meals I had they were really delicious. And you said that the menu was a bit of a mystery you had to solve. Yeah, I suppose the best thing you could say is it's eclectic. I mean, there's kind of new American influences on the. There's a lot of Italian dishes, but I don't think you call an Italian restaurant. On any given day, you might find. A Moroccan special, or you know, some of the dishes have Japanese influences. I think it's kind of whatever the guys in the kitchen want to cook that day. Um, I even asked one of the waiters, you know, help me out. What's this restaurant about? And he, he couldn't help me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the Moroccan lamb meatballs were what caught my eye in your review, but you said you were really swayed by the cassoulet. So why was yeah. that so special? And unfortunately, it was a special, right? It's well, not it a might staple have, on the might, menu. Yeah. That might have been my dish of the week if it was on the menu all the time. Unfortunately, it was just there and gone, like a fleeting special. Um, anything with duck confit just kind of grabs me instantly. So duck leg kind of simmered in its own um, duck fat slowly with spices and herbs and seasoning. And then on that you have uh, white beans and some sausage and it's topped with breadcrumbs. So you have kind of a crunchy topping and then kind of soft and juicy and fatty inside. It's really, really good comforting dish. Mm. You, you interacted a little bit with the wait staff. You praised them, and you like the ambiance generally. Yeah, I, you know, a couple of people have since contacted me and said, you know what, I don't, I don't see it. I, I did disagree me, and that's kind of, I guess, one of the things of what we do with the opinion pieces. I mean, you might agree with me eight times out of ten. A couple of times you don't, but I mean, I really liked it though. It was, a, I thought it was a really good restaurant. I went there twice for the trip, and I actually went there on my own dime before my review came out, and for a third trip, and I enjoyed that just as much. Mm. Uh, but it's definitely pricey. Sort of be prepared to. It, it's not cheap. Um, it's not cheap, but I don't think um, against the peers down town, if you went out for a nice meal, you know, a couple of appetizers, a couple of entrees, a dessert, and a couple of drinks, I think it's in the ballpark of the peers. And, but from your vantage point, worth the money. You said there was a weak spot in the dessert category? Uh, yeah, I had um, a chocolate molten kind of lava cake, and that's one of those dishes that you rarely see done very well. It's all kind of melty chocolate, mm -hmm. kind of melts into the cake and goes hard, and not many places really nailed that. But on the whole, I thought the menu was pretty solid. Heather, let's turn to um, one that you recently did. It's actually a combination of a couple of restaurants that people here know about. They've been around for a little while, but they've been freshened up with a new chef. Uh, the first one is Faustina, right in downtown Salt Lake. Can you say that this new chef brings some coastal influence to the menu? That's right. Um, he spent a lot of his time cooking in Maryland. Um, so he brings a lot of sort of seafood um, 
additives to the menu that they've developed there. And they're also focusing on small plates as well, so that kind of ties in with the small plate trend. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they, they took some time to really um, add some new items to the menu, but also kind of freshen up some of everyone's favorites as well. And you said the wine list also has, has been touched yeah. up a bit. Yes. Um, Hillary, their general manager, who also manages their wine list, um, she definitely took a lot of time to look at the menu, look at the new things that were going to be added, and then bring in some wines that really highlighted that, again, kind of pairing with um, some more wines that are good with seafood and things like that. And they're still working on the service. You were not entirely impressed. Well, you know, I, I was only unimpressed because uh, my friend had to pay twice and I didn't get to pay at all when we tried to split a bill. So other than that, um, they certainly, you know, they know the food, they know the wine, um, nothing was forgotten or left behind, but that unfortunately did kind of put a damper on one of our visits when my friend said, hey, I got charged twice. Oh. You you give it two and a half overall, um, but you said it's packed. Like customers keep coming back. Is this the kind of place you need a reservation for? I really think it's going to start being that way. Um, you know, and I think I'm seeing that more in Salt Lake in general too. I used to really only think about making a reservation maybe on a Friday or Saturday night, and you know when I went to Faustina, I believe it was a Tuesday. Um, you know, we were asked at the door, do you have a reservation? And we had to wait a minute for a table. So it's definitely becoming the place to be again. So I would highly recommend reservations. can never hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, another uh, restaurant that you profiled and reviewed is Lugano. Um, is that sort of in the East Mill Creek area? Yes, that's right. It's... Um, I can't even remember the address. I'm sorry. I think it's off 23rd East. Um, so it's kind of in a, a neighborhood area, but it's across the street from you know grocery store and and kind of a neighborhood um, shopping mall center. But um, it used to it was at one time my very very favorite restaurant. Like everyone would say, "Where's your favorite restaurant?" I would say Lugano. And um, kind of over the years, it stopped being my favorite restaurant. And I was thrilled to see that. You know, they're sort of really focusing on bringing it back to its original standards, if you will. And, and they've brought in a new chef, some new blood. They, they're new, but they're not, actually. Um, both of them worked for Greg when Greg owned Lugano. So they know Lugano. They know the recipes. Um, they know sort of the history and the background behind it. So they've come in and sort of brought a fresh spin to it, but they're still appreciating what Lugano was. You were really uh, focused and praising the steamed mussels. What makes a good steamed mussels dish? Um, when they are not pencil erasers. <laughs> <laughs> no rubber. No rubber. No rubbery seafood. <laughs> you know, I mean, it it is. It's it's a talent to cook seafood well and get it right. And I mean, there's so little time that you can give it before it passes that point and it becomes pencil erasers and awfulness so it's really getting the flavors of you know the wine and the herbs and the garlic and things like that blended in but offering you know a nice juicy wonderful little nibble of seafood Hmm. You give it two stars overall. I noticed that some of the comments on our website um, talked about the restaurant being too noisy. Did you find that when you visited? 
No, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I've been going there for years and years and years, and really, depending upon where you sit in that restaurant, it does actually change the acoustical profile of where you are. Um, fortunately, we sat in some quiet corners um, on either side of the restaurant, both of my visits for the Tribune, um, but I have in the past sort of sat in the middle, sort of near the door, and, and seen that same thing happen. Um, so, you know, it, it's something to keep in mind if you make a reservation, you can usually just ask for a specific table or a specific area. Okay, good to know. We're speaking with Salt Lake Tribune critic Heather King, also with us, our other critic, uh, restaurant reviewer Stuart Melling, and our food writer Kathy Stevenson. We're talking about food trends, what, where you're eating, your recommendations for uh, cuisine for the holidays ahead, and you're welcome to join us with your thoughts. Uh, send them to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. Put them in the comments section right here at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and the number is 801-609-8059. Um, speaking of texts, I'm not sure who this is from, but uh, this person says, speaking of green, who won the guac-off? I was out of town. Uh, Kathy, what is the guac-off, and do you know if there's a winner? I, I, There is a guac-off. It was held last Friday at the Salt Lake Culinary Center. It was a fundraiser, uh, I believe, for the food bank. I did not attend, but I should have. But I believe it was Robert Angelilli from Vinto. I believe he won. Okay. Um, so basically, um, they brought in all these avocados. Uh, four chefs kind of mashed it up and uh, decided, uh, and then people got to taste who had the best guacamole. So maybe I should get that recipe from Robert and publish it. Would you? I the reader would like that. We idea. might. We need to do that. That's a good idea. I will call him. Okay, get on it. Um, again, if you want to join us, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk. You can also um, text us at 801-609-8059 or uh, put your comments at sltrib.com. Uh, we talked about this just very briefly, but I'd like to sort of broaden it. Small plates. It seems like every restaurant around is doing this. Why is it catching on here, and who's doing it well? Um, Stuart, I'll, I'll go with you first. Sure. Well, I think it's catching on simply because you don't have to, you know, commit to a whole entree, and then you see what everybody else is eating. Oh, I really wish I ordered that. But with small plates, you can, you know, order a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And my pick there um, would be Finca, which somebody else would have to remind me the address on that. But that's Eleventh um, East, Thirteenth South. Oh, like. fantastic! You had it written down. <laughs> no, um, I just got it right here. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, a Spanish inspired tapas restaurant but one of the cool things they do and the, the sister restaurant Pago in the ninth and ninth area is um, they use a lot of local produce so yes they are Spanish inspired but the tapas they make is through that kind of lens of what they can source locally so you're gonna find you know interesting things like you know Utah tribes and lamb belly and, and lamb from here and things like that and so I really enjoyed the menu it's it's very creative Mm -hmm. uh, Heather, how about you? Any recommendations out there? Um, certainly, Finca is one of my favorites as well. Um, I, everything I've had there is fantastic. They did a ladies who lunch there for us um, and just treated us so well and brought out like 10 or 15 different things to eat. It was really a lot of fun, again, to just sample a lot of things and I think that's why people are liking tapas and small plates so much is just that ability to sample. Um, 
Another favorite, of course, is Faustina, we just talked about in my um, recent review. And I really, really love Metatrina a lot. It's a little bit out of the way, but she was, you know, kind of one of the first to do this small plates um, menu kind of exclusively. So um, she makes a patatas bravas. I probably massacred the name of that. Sorry, I don't speak <laughs> Spanish. Um, she does one of those that's out of this world, and I love her drunken Oreos as well. Drunken mm. Oreos. And Kathy, <laughs> Kathy uh, how about you? As you looked around, any yeah. small plates impressing you? The, the reason I wrote that story last week, because I started seeing small plates in, in strange places. I um, went, went to Gourmandi's, this lovely bakery on 3rd East across from the liquor store, and they open at night and have small plates and wine. And I thought, oh, a bakery that has small plates at night. And then um, a few months ago, Cucina Deli uh, also started doing small plates. So it's like, okay, there's delis and bakeries doing these small plates. So these, these seem kind of out of the ordinary to me. So, you know, I just started checking around and I realized, you know, lots of restaurants are offering this. And I, I think, besides the fact that you get to taste a lot of things, I think it really is a bottom line for restaurants. Um, you know, you, instead of charging, you know, $16 for a large plate, you could maybe charge 10 for a small plate for half the food. So I, I kind of think it's a, a bottom line for restaurants. I think it helps their um, income, you know, and, and, you know, and it's trendy. People, people have traveled to Europe and Spain and Greece and all these countries that do this. And I think when they come back, they, they like to see that. So um, I think it, that's interesting. So we did, we tried, we took the photographs at Gourmandis and um, they had some lovely Brussels sprouts and a stuffed avocado. And I think their main dish is a, a tri-tip that's really, that's really lovely. And they have remodeled. So they kind of um, planned the restaurant to open up at night and they have a liquor license. You can get wine. So um, I thought that was great. And I also, Dojo also does, um, it's a sushi place, but they also have some small plates. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of fun to have some kind of places you wouldn't expect have small plates. Okay, my appetite is sufficiently wetted. <laughs> um, I, I guess I, I will ask you each uh, the final question. What are you going to be eating and drinking on St. Patrick's Day or where? Um, you can choose which one to answer. Um, I'll start with you, Kathy. What do you think? Well, you know, I think you should go to an Irish bar on St. Patrick's Day. So um, there is a new bar up in um, Park City called Rock and Riley's, and it opened right before um, Sundance, and it was taken over during Sundance by, you know, one of the big, I don't know, sponsors, so I couldn't go in, but I, I'm really interested in trying, uh, trying that. Um, there are also two other, Park City seems to have three. Um, there's Flanagan's, that Rock and Riley's, and then um, I... Molly Blooms, I think that is still on Main Street. So, um, lot, lots of uh, lots of good places to try. Okay, Stuart, what are your picks? Um, probably cliched, but um, McCool's, which you can find yes. in the foothill area, and also in Ogden and Layton, if memory serves. But they're pretty solid, and I go there throughout the year. It might be a bit of a zoo on Patrick's Day, but uh, <laughs> throughout the year they're a good choice. Really good uh, corned beef sandwich, and they pour a really good pint of Guinness as well. I think they're actually certified by the folks from Guinness. To pour I, I think that's right. Pint, so. Okay, Heather, you get the last word. All right. Well, my tradition is to always go to Murphy's uh, here on Main Street, a step down in social clubs, and uh, have to have my corned beef and cabbage. But I think the you know new new bar 
this year around is going to be Whiskey Street, Whiskey Street, which obviously serves lots of whiskey. Where um, is that, Heather? It is. Um, it's also on Main Street. Uh, it's probably three forty ish south. Okay. Um, and uh, so they have an amazing, amazing whiskey menu, and they've even broken it down by country. So you'll find Irish whiskeys, obviously. I mean, they have like five different kinds of Jameson. And then um, scotch is really my thing, but their scotch menu is amazing. So um, I would say Whiskey Street is going to be packed. Okay, well, happy St. Patrick's all. I thank you very much for your time. Yes. Heather King, Stuart Melling, and Kathy Stevenson, great to have you. Hope to have you back again soon. Great. Thank, thank you. And lots more tasty coverage, dining recommendations, all right here at sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to Trib Talk today. Have a great weekend.